baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. I'm what you wanted. It's in your eyes. I'm picture perfect. I'm always right. I'm only vapor. It's only lies. We can be forest fires. We can be forest fires. All right, trying to get County Councilman Mark Carter on the line, which apparently is a bit of a challenge. I don't know if it's phone line related. We have all kinds of things that that go on here that I'm unaware of, and it's just gremlins. I have those in my house too, Sue. Just some technological. I think you know the sound room is a great client, and they're friends out there, but. I have had things that have happened in my home that are, maybe it's me, that are sort of on parallel with some of the stuff that we experience here, which is weird things and phone numbers not working. Uh, I have in the, remember uh, that that grand story from a while back where I said, put a big TV in the bedroom. We never had oh, a yeah. TV in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put the big TV in there. It's like a 60-inch TV. Mm-hmm. I got the Sonos soundbar in there. That's well, it, it keeps, it is fancy, except yeah. it doesn't work. It keeps going out. The, the soundbar <laughs> goes out, and then the TV goes out. And oh. I mean, we have tried to dial this down I don't know how many times where we think it's ready and then all of a sudden you're watching it and the thing just goes out. So just bizarre stuff that I can't figure it's out. Inexplicable. So it, it, might, it might just be me when it comes to the technology. I, I just love- got a new TV for the bedroom. And does it work? It does work. And I took the old one out and put it in the alley and it was gone within mm, half an hour. It's our own recycling in the city. Well, I'm very familiar with that because when I lived in the city, I think I've told you this. I could put and my kitchen window looked right out to the uh, to the alley in the garage, and oh, I could uh-huh. see the dumpster. Right, so when I <laughs> here we go spilling diet coke everywhere. That was brilliant too. Um, when I would have something that I would put out there that. I knew someone would take. I just, what do you do? You just put it kind of next to the. Yeah, you bin, put it right, right next to right. it, and uh, they will snag it. And um, but I, it's record. Like I would put things out there. Just be like my schedule mm-hmm. back then was was similar. I was doing mm-hmm. you know some talk during the. I think at that one point I was doing some stuff at night. But I put out in the middle of the day, morning, just on a weekday or something like that. I'd walk back into the house. I'd maybe look away a little bit. I'd look back out to the bin. It was gone. gone. It was almost like there was like a camera that was monitoring all that. I'm telling you. And I did one on a weekday. It's not as good. They like to uh, go through the alleys on the weekends. If you time it right, it can be gone within half an hour. Right. Well, you can get some good stuff as Mm -hmm. well. All right. um, Let me, I guess I'm going to launch into some other stuff here since um, we don't have Mark Carter, and we'll see if he checks in. This was a story that broke last week, and I thought it was pretty good. It was about climate change from this guy named Neil Winton. Now, I've described myself in the past as a lukewarmer. I don't know whether we are causing climate change to be worse or not. I think that that's a little undeterred. Maybe we're causing part of it, but how much control into the future do we really have over solving the whole issue of climate change? And one of the things, and I mentioned this even earlier today with the LA Times, you have organizations, media organizations that have shut down debate on some of these issues. Now, I think we need to learn some lessons. 
COVID is a pretty good example. When we're told that something is settled science, gender dysphoria is another issue here, and I'll get into that a little bit more this hour. We're told that things are settled science. It's not really settled science, and there's another part to the story. So Neil Winton used to be a guy that wrote for Reuters. Reuters is a news service, not unlike... How would you compare Reuters? AP. It's, it's like the Associated yeah. Press. So they're they're the kind of organization that if you're a newspaper or a radio station or a TV station, when you subscribe, I think it's more print-based Reuters, right? I think it is. So if you're the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, you pay fees to someone like Reuters or the Associated Press. They have their own reporters. Mm-hmm that focus on national stories or international stories. So you are limited as the St. Louis Post-Dispatcher, the local company. You can't afford to send reporters all over the planet. So you you have this news organization that will weigh in, and then you use their stories. And if you look at the newspapers, it'll say, you know, AP. AP. It'll give you the dateline or Reuters or something like that. I have found that Reuters in particular has been so left-wing in the past few years. And this Mm. may not be a surprise to people when they hear this. So this guy, Neil Winton, used to write for uh, Reuters. And he says, my alma mater Reuters, the global news agency, used to be above all this hysteria. He was talking about how the uh, mainstream media usually frightens you when it comes to climate change. You know, floods, fires, hurricanes. The Post, by the way, has been really good about this. And his point was Reuters used to be pretty good, you know, level-headed. As I remember it, I think they were like that. That's how I remember it. Yeah, right. They had a good reputation. Well, that's that's stopped. And what he said is, and he cites Steve Coonan, who's been a guest on the show before. Steve wrote a book called Unsettled, What Climate Science Tells It, What It Doesn't, and Why It Matters. And he gets into the um, the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and the data. Steve's great at this. And, and if you would actually take the time to do just a minimal amount of checking, most of the things that they refer to, you know, natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes, things like that, have nothing to do with, with climate change. And, and he's really good, Steve is, at pointing that out. Uh, Bjorn Lomberg is another guy. He's an economist, climate change guy. He's been pointing out for years that humans are having an impact on climate. So again, he's he's a lukewarmer. He says, okay. yeah, I think, we're, I think we're probably having an impact, but the hyperbole is way out of control. And can we do anything about it, especially with something like the Paris Climate Accords? No, we probably can't. Now, when it comes to hyperbole, it was interesting. As I was getting ready for this hour, I was looking, I have all these buttons in front of me, and we have these things called hotkeys. And oftentimes I have, well, here's one, because we use this a lot. This will be a good example of a hotkey, How about right? Fred Bottenheimer over there, ladies and gentlemen. For it's the things classic. that, yeah, for for the things that I often, you know, refer to, we'll we'll have these on here so I can have them very quickly at my fingertips. And this is one. I guess I asked for this to be on the hotkeys. I don't know that it needs to be there, but I hit it, and this presents a really good example of hyperbole on climate change. This is Chuck Schumer. It's laughable. I mean, I think it was laughable at the time that I put it into the file, and this is why I put it into the file. Last year with COVID was awful. But in a few years, because of climate change, each year will be worse than COVID and each year will be worse than the next if we don't do anything about it. Now, if you're a reporter and you hear the Senate majority leader like Chuck Schumer say something like that, well, you got to take it pretty seriously. Or should you be a little skeptical and Mm. just say, wait a second, you're comparing this to to COVID and it's going to be worse than COVID in what way? This guy from Reuters when he wrote about this, and he even says, you know, every scientist knows that the world's climate has been gradually and occasionally irregularly warming since the last ice age, about 10,000 years, right? Nobody denies, I certainly haven't denied that the climate is changing. We've certainly experienced that here in St. Louis. Sue, you've lived around here 
long enough to remember when we had real winters in St. Louis, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. We, we do not. How many times did we have measurable snow this year? Not that we won't get any in March, but very just a couple of times. That's well, it, right? Well, that's true. But then the next year, you'll get it. Uh, to me, it's still well, hit and miss. That, that is true, because you will have, you'll have some winters where, and right now we're in the, I can't remember, I think it's the El Nino, right? We're not in the uh, La Nina, which I is one of the reasons a lot of, of these things have built. Remember the whole thing that kind of came across the whole country, and Dave was talking about it a few weeks ago. Yes, I think some of this yes. has to do with El Nino. But as um, this guy from Reuters, Neil Winston, pointed out, look, it's, it's been happening, but this whole denier charge is nonsensical when, when people are called climate change deniers because – or he does say, but it performs the useful function of making clear that the user knows nothing about climate science. The argument is the why, not the if. Warmists say all the warming is because of man's activity. The rest say a little or none. So he says education is an area where balance has been replaced by hysteria-inducing propaganda. Children shown demonstrating on the news are often borderline hysterical. No doubt their teachers didn't bother to tell them that man-made global warming is a theory, not a proven fact, and that it's okay to talk to them about different opinions. You would think that it's not okay in in many circles. So then he goes to his uh, former company. Um, It says, if you wonder why much, and this is interesting because he connects the dots here just a little bit in a very non-surprising way, probably to most of you listening here this afternoon. If you wonder why much of the mainstream media coverage seems united in accepting that the world will soon die unless humans don hair shirts, freeze in winter and walk instead of driving, you need to know that websites like um, Covering Climate Now, CCN, exist. He says, Reuters... And some of the biggest names in the news, like Bloomberg um, and a few others, CBS News, ABC News, have signed up to support CCN, which brags. I'm sorry. Covering Climate Now is the hysteria website, but I'll put that together in a second. CCN brags that it is an unbiased seeker after the truth. But this claim will not last long, he writes, if you peer behind the facade. CCN may claim to be fair and balanced, but it's not. And it won't tolerate criticism. It brandishes the unethical denier weapon with its nasty Holocaust denier echoes. This seems to demonize those who disagree with it by savaging personalities and denying a hearing rather than using debate to establish its case. And I would use COVID as a perfect example of what we're going through right now. I used this soundbite a little bit earlier. When you think about the information that's come out about the uh, the lab leak, which was deemed nutty, nasty. Now, I've never took a definitive position on the origins of COVID. I always kept an open mind because I think that we just didn't know what was going on. But remember early on in all this. A conspiracy theory going around that the coronavirus originated and was perhaps man-made inside a lab in China. And then there's this theory, widely debunked. This paper from two Chinese researchers that says it is plausible that the virus leaked accidentally from one of two labs near the Wuhan seafood. Well, we all know the the history here. If you said something incorrectly and you put it on Twitter, you were locked out of your account. If you spread what was deemed to be fake news, you're locked out of your account. I'm glad that Elon Musk has at least taken back over Twitter and there's some kinks to work out. But the climate change issue is another one where if you think about it, and I don't know if they ever did this, I don't think this was revealed in the Twitter files, and you had some alternative view of where the planet is or what's happening with warming or if you just like uh, Dr. Roy Spencer, my friend from down at the University of Alabama, Huntsville, or some of the other climate experts, Anthony Lupo comes to mind. Anthony Lupo is a climatologist at the University of Missouri. He's the um, guy who runs the department. And Anthony and Roy are on the same page. They're leading 
experts in their particular field, but you never hear from them because they actually have a different opinion right. of what's happening with warming. They don't deny that the climate has warmed. They don't deny that CO2 might have had some influence on all of this, but they'll tell you that all the doom and gloom, the forecasts of increased nasty weather, all this stuff is a bunch of nonsense. And then there's Greta Thunberg and the prediction of the planet, you know, not being here in seven years, et cetera. But it's a dangerous media time when you have no way. And Selena Zito was on the show earlier who visited East Palestine, Ohio. Those are people we kind of recounted this a couple hours ago. They have no confidence in what the government is telling them right now, mainly because they shouldn't have any confidence in what the government is telling them right now, simply because we've been told so many lies in the past about these other issues. All right, 518, I think we got Mark Carter on the line. Mark, are you there? Hey, Mark, sorry. Um, my phone went dead, and I was trying to get enough charge to talk to you. Well, that's all right. Let's talk about what happened on Saturday. Let me see if I can pull this story up, because I missed the um, I missed the, uh, the story here at the beginning. Things got crazy, I guess, bottom line, at the meeting on Saturday. First of all, why did you have a meeting on Saturday? Let me start with that. Well, we had a meeting. Uh, it was called together as a workshop so we could talk about some some items offline, so to speak, and one of the items was to talk about sunshine laws and to have a kind of a workshop and instruction on that topic, and our legal department decided at the last minute that um, we had to do it in closed session, which is ironic because it's dealing with sunshine laws. So um, the three of us Republicans pushed back on that. Um, and because we had a vote to go into closed session, and we said, no, let's do it in open session. And um, and so that uh, got uh, our uh, chairwoman kind of sideways with us, and uh, she wanted to continue, so she decided to continue by reading the book on sunshine laws. To An 80-page book, remaining. right? 80-page book. And she just started, right. this is Shalanda Webb, she just starts reading from the book? Yeah, yeah. First page, second page, table of contents, footnotes, just started reading. And we tried to interrupt. We let her read for a little while to see where she was going with this. And then we saw that she was going to read this whole thing. So if you watch the video, you can see that I tried to get her attention and be recognized so I could speak. And so did others. And finally, um, Councilwoman Clancy said, Madam Chair, if you're going to read this, then I need to leave. And so she got up and left. And so we let her read a little bit more, and she kept going and going and going. And finally I said, you know, if you're not going to recognize me, I'm going to get up. So I got up, and I left the dais as well. And then Councilman Trachis finally did, and then uh, Councilman Hancock talked to her a little bit. And then finally they didn't have a quorum, so they had to uh, adjourn the meeting at that point. What was the point overall? What, what was she trying to, to do here? This is where I'm a little confused. I, I don't. Eat, I, I'm confused too because it was supposed to be a workshop on this topic, and she wanted to have it. and And we said, you know, we're only going to do it if we can do it in open session. And so it was kind of a battle of the wills, I guess. And she decided to filibuster by just reading out of this book, and like she was going to move forward with the training. But so when when you mentioned one of the progressive members, Lisa Clancy also stepped away. For what reason did she step away? Because she thought it was sort of ridiculous as well, or was there a different reason? That's that's another point of confusion that I have. I did. I don't know. She yeah. uh, didn't ask her. She didn't offer that. But I thought she was just stepping off the dais, and later to find out, she left the building. So um, that's kind of where we were. So that's that's kind of what happened, and and so we ended. We started at ten and. 
we were out of there by 1130 or so. And Shonda had the chairwoman had decided, you know, she was going to be there till two o'clock. She was going to have food brought in and everything else. So uh, we still ended the meeting early and kind of walked away. She said the, the quote in the paper was that because you did not want to go into closed session to hear the advice of the attorney, she wanted to read the book in its entirety to share the mechanics of the law. Is there a big, deep misunderstanding of the me- mechanics of the law? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I mean, uh, it, like I say, the the irony of this whole thing of going into closed session to talk about, um, you know, uh, sunshine law, just it, right. it just uh, right. went around us. Um but the the attorneys, their their defense was that uh, they were going to give us advice, and under the advice, uh, they could make a closed meeting. And we didn't want their advice; we just wanted to be educated. But the the, the reason this is important for everyone else, I mean, this kind of gets into the weeds, and it's inside baseball and everything, and it is very ironic. There's no doubt about that. But the problem is, is that in there are, there's a new makeup because we know the councilman Fitch uh, left. You have a new chair here. You have the dysfunction that has existed for a while in county government, maybe mainly be, because of some of the county executives that we've had. But this this just offers more dysfunction, doesn't it, to the public who kind of hopes that you guys take care of business. Yes and no. I mean, this I, I didn't realize this would go this way. There was no plan for this. It just happened, and it was just kind of like a, a petulant uh, child uh, doing this, and we're not going to sit there and give up our Saturdays if she's going to read a book to us. So uh, I can go home and read a book to my grandkids. But uh, Or so wait for was, the audio version. I mean, she gave you the audio version. You can just get that and drive around in the car and learn it, too. Maybe that's what she was going could. for. Yeah. You could, but we would, you know, the next time we try this, and, and this started out to be my idea, but I, the legal department took it a whole different way. I just wanted a refresher on, you know, if there's any changes or how we can interpret this, but they, the legal department decided we're going to give you legal advice, and if we give you legal device, we, advice, then we can close the meeting. And so that's where the big rub was in this whole thing, which is unfortunate because people go to these classes all the time and don't you know, do it in closed session to talk about sunshine laws. So that's kind of where we left it. All right. So we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. We've got a council meeting at 3, and I'm sure uh, some of our residents – after you know dissecting this, we'll have comments uh, tomorrow about it. Hopefully. Sam Page showing up at any of these anymore, like the Tuesday meetings or not? Still no, um, no show? He, he did for a while last week because he had his uh, resolution on the agenda for transgender oh, care. Oh, of course. I forgot about that. So yeah. He stayed for that. Uh, we'll see if he stays for tomorrow's afternoon meeting. Hey, do me a favor. Give him a big hug, would you? Oh, well. All right. I Take will. care, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, for me, it's a fun time of year with uh, some of the guests who are big Cardinals fans like Scott Jennings, 97.1 FM Talk, political insider. We always talk politics. You see him on CNN trying to keep the gang on there, you know, sane and not getting off the rails too much. But he's also a big Cardinals fan. He's down in Jupiter seeing spring training. I just tweeted out your uh, your tweet about Nolan Gorman hitting the bomb. I think that was in batting practice. How are you, Jennings? You having fun down there? I'm jealous. 
Oh, man, it's amazing. Every time I come to spring training, I think I should spend the whole month down here. And I usually do about a week. But, man, watching the Redbirds the last three days has been fantastic. I go out early and watch them work out. And that BP today, man, Nolan Gorman hit some majestic home runs watching him today. And he hit the scoreboard and broke it. I don't know how much it costs to fix the scoreboard at Roger Dean Stadium, but somebody's going to have to work on it. Awesome. So tell me, we usually maybe wrap up with baseball. We start with politics, but let's, in fact, start with baseball just because I'm curious. I talked with Kusumano a little bit about Tink Hens. Who's Tink Hens? And he blew you away today, right? Yeah, Tink's one of our uh, big pitching prospects coming up from the minors. You know, he's kind of a, a wiry sort of little guy, but, man, he throws hard. 97, sitting 96, 97 today on his fastball and had a nice – uh, off-speed pitch as well. Uh, had a really good inning against the Mets today. It's the first time we'd seen him. We've seen most of the main, uh, you know, pitching arsenal, but Tink is kind of one of our up-and-comers. Really, for prospects, Mark, uh, it's been a good spring already. Uh, Jordan Walker, I saw, hit a long home run yesterday, uh, and he puts on a show during batting practice. T. Kent's got his work in today. Moises Gomez, uh, who's an, you know, had a great minor league season last year. He's been playing very well first three games so the young players for the cardinals are all very exciting we have like a young core it's 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 this team could be good for a while so well, what was because i didn't read a whole lot of the the coverage from the weekend we have matt polyon who's down there uh, on friday sort of a preview but now we got actual games and some of them are a little goofy we'll get into that here in a second how did wayno look the other day you know it was one of those typical wayno outings you got a couple of outs in the first and then he you know, he gave up a sort of a bloop single, and then the guy stole second, and then another bloop single. And, and then, you know, it was just one of those things you see Wayno go through sometimes where they're not really hitting the ball that hard, but it's a couple of bloopers and a stolen base, and all of a sudden it's one to nothing. He was fine. I think he's going to be fine. Um, uh, and and I, I, it didn't look overly concerning to me. I mean, he looked like the same old Wayno. A lot of great curveballs and velocity was about the same, but – you know, we, we've seen this with him before where he gets in a little bit of trouble with a with a, some of the softer contact balls that seem to fall in against him. Okay, so what about the rules changes? There have been a couple of videos that have gone around over the weekend. There was the one game that was decided by, you know, the batter not being ready, right? So the umpire called the strike, and that ended the game. My, my opinion would be, and I'm not crazy about all these rules, I do think that some of this is going to happen in the uh, – you know, the start of spring training and the kinks are going to be worked out. Your thoughts, Scott Jennings, on the rules? Uh, the pitch clock is by far the most intrusive. And, and I don't mean, necessarily mean that in a negative way, but it, it's there all the time. As soon as the ball hits the pitcher's glove, it, it resets and goes to 15 seconds or, or 30 seconds uh, if, uh, if somebody's on base. And so it, it's happening all the time. There's no reprieve. And I have seen some people uh, get called on it uh, a few times. There seemed to be some confusion at yesterday's game about it with some of the at-bats. I didn't see any violations today. I've seen three games now. But I have to tell you, it does move the game along. We had two games uh, that were in the two-hour-plus mark. Today's was two hours and 59 minutes, but that was largely because there was so much offense it was 12 to 7 ultimately, and the Mets changed pitchers mid inning several times, which led to the longer game. But the games, uh, the first two games were both very fast, uh, even yesterday, where the Cardinals scored a lot of runs. So that one's pretty intrusive. The shift is noticeable. The shift, oh, man, yeah. if, you watch the, if you watch the field and you just don't see these bizarro shifts out there, um, it, it's really kind of interesting. I'm, I, I kind of want to like this. 
and and it's really noticeable that you just don't have the players running all over the field like we've gotten used to. I will say the bases, the bigger bases, they look a little bigger to me from the stands, <laughs> just a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm looking for it, but they do look a little bit bigger to me. So right now, though, clearly the most noticeable thing people are going to see at the ballpark is this uh, pitch clock. It's it's kind of like the same thing as a snap clock in football. You know, the quarterback has to snap the ball before yeah, the right. play clock. It's very similar. And the umpire, I guess the home plate umpire has full discretion, uh, you know, on, on calling it. And we've seen. But some- the, the batter has to be ready by eight seconds, right? Yeah, they have to be in the box and looking at the pitcher. Um, so, you know, I, you know, the, the umpire has the clock in center field. He's watching, and I guess it's his discretion on whether the batter is, is actually ready. You know, the other rule that I didn't mention, but it's still laying out there is this, you can't throw over to first base more than twice. And if you do, and you don't pick the runner off, it's a balk. I've seen a couple of pickoff moves, but nobody has tested it twice yet. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I've been wondering if they're gonna if, if this is gonna turn into a strategy where you you throw over twice and try to tempt the guy into stealing and then try to pick him off, you know, on a cause stealing. So we'll we'll see if anybody works that to their advantage. All right. So this I want to get your impression of this because this was from a game last year, but Saturday this kind of reared its uh, ugly head to a certain extent. You saw the reaction from Arenado, and there's an ejection. CB Bucknor has blatantly missed a couple of calls in this half inning, one for each side really, and Oliver Marmol has been ejected. So that was at a game last year. He gets ejected, so he goes up to this particular umpire on Saturday, puts his hand out to shake his hand, and C.B. Buckner does not put his hand out. Scott, did you see that exchange by any chance? I did. I didn't really, because of where I was, I didn't really notice it because, you know, they all gather at home plate, but I, I did see them all meet. Now, i tell you what I did see today. I was standing right behind home plate today, and Buckner is on the crew uh, so that was the first game. Buckner was not on the crew yesterday. So Buckner comes out today because Ollie obviously has some things to say over the weekend, very candid things. Yeah, he said, look, let me just review. He said, I don't think he's good at his job, and it just shows a lack of class as a man. That's what he said after the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a mild, a mild rebuke. And so, <laughs> and so he, uh, But today, Buckner did shake his hand. And yesterday, I did read that Rob Manfred was at the game. I don't know. I got the feeling Major League Baseball, this is a pure hunch may have told these guys, hey, you two need to shake hands today because we're not going to put up with any more of this feuding. But by the way, C.B. Buckner is objectively terrible at his job. He's been terrible for over a decade. He has one of the lowest percentage balls and strike accuracy counts in the league. The dude is legitimately a terrible umpire. He's terrible at his job, and Major League Baseball refuses to do anything about it. And I think Ali Marmol deserves a lot of credit for just telling the truth about what's going on here. This dude's terrible. I thought it was interesting they said they were going to investigate his comments, but maybe maybe this will shed some light on the fact that the guy is not really good at his job. Let's talk a little bit politics. I'd rather keep talking baseball. Let's talk politics here. Here's the president. Is your age part of your own calculation into whether to run again? No, uh, but it's legitimate for people to raise issues about my age. It's totally legitimate to do that. And the only thing I can say is watch me. Jennings, since we last spoke a few weeks ago, we've had several Republicans that have gotten into the race on the uh, on the other side. Still some questions about what Biden's going to do. You got Trump going to East Palestine and making an appearance. Um, the presidential race is still very undetermined. Ron DeSantis is not even in this. But what about the uh, the question of his age and some of the way he's handling that right now, Joe Biden? Well, I mean, it's the one thing about yourself that you can't change, right? I mean, you can change your positions. You can 
change your policies. You can change your speeches, whatever, but you can't change your age. And the American people, if you look at all the polling, clearly are ready for something other than a Biden-Trump matchup. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're both old. I think the American people in both both parties say this. They just want a younger generation. And so I think both Biden and Trump are going to face this. Nikki Haley got some publicity, of course, for saying uh, there should be a mental competency test for anybody over the age of 75. I didn't personally approve of that because I think there should be a mental competency test for people under 75 as well. So, so uh, you know, why restrict it? I mean, there's plenty of idiots who are 40, you know, but I, I think this is a huge problem for Biden. He'll be 86 at the end of the next term. The polling among Democrats shows that they're ready for him to move on. So I think it's a real softness for him. And uh, there's nothing he can do about it. What would you say the timetable would be on on running? I mean, the same thing with DeSantis. You've got to sort of get into this thing by the end of the summer if you're going to run, don't you? Yeah, I mean, both of them have um, some advantage. I mean, Biden, look, if he wants to be the nominee of his party, he will be. Whether he gets in today or whether he gets in six months from today, he will be the Democratic nominee. There won't be a meaningful challenge. He'll be his party's nominee if he wants it. For DeSantis, it's a little different. He does have his platform. He's getting a lot of attention without being a candidate. But at some point, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, the man, Trump, is in the race. And other candidates are getting in. Haley, uh, Tim Scott is edging towards it. So at some point, I would say April, May is when I would look for DeSantis to get in. But, you know, the, the reality is he's gathering donors. He's got his book. He put out a cool video yesterday. DeSantis is already doing sort of the textbook things you would do to launch a campaign. He's just not a formal candidate yet, and he's getting plenty of attention for it. And he's not taking any of the bait from Trump, who's trying to bait him into things almost on a daily basis, calling him dissanctimonious and all this other nonsense. Yeah, pretty smart. He doesn't have to. I mean, ultimately, the argument against Trump for him is twofold. One, look, we need a new generation of leaders, and I'm it. And number two... Uh, you know, you're good at complaining about things, and I'm good at finishing things. Ask Disney if I'm good at finishing. Ask the people who wanted to lock down Florida if I'm good at finishing these fights. And I think that's going to be a real differentiator between him and Trump. Who can complain and who can finish? Hey, how about the lab leak story? That's um, that's just crazy talk that this thing came from a uh, lab, right? James, I, I, you're, you're insane if you believe that. i got to be on CNN tonight at 11 about all this. So let's just go through the, the thing here. The lab leak, if you said, let's even if you just said, hey, maybe we should look into this, you were called a quack and a racist. Hey, are these masks really effective? Oh, you're terrible if you even raise the question. Now we know the masks did nothing. Worthless. Hey, maybe the lockdowns aren't such a good idea. You were called an idiot if you said the lockdowns weren't a good idea. And finally, uh, hey, maybe natural immunity is, is at least as effective as a shot, right? Oh, you were called a terrible person. Now we know all of those things that people said are true, and everything we were told by the media, by politicians, by you name it, were false. And so this is going to be one of the single biggest blows to confidence that the public has in institutions in our lifetime. Everything we were told and everything we were browbeaten over, it turns out the so-called quacks and conspiracy theorists had it right. And how can you blame, you know, I had Selena Zito on the show earlier. How can you blame people in East Palestine? She's done some great reporting from there of not believing what the government's telling them on this train derailment, because I wouldn't believe them. I mean, look, we've been lied to, okay? We've been lied to repeatedly about things. This administration 
The Biden administration lies all the time. Their supporters lie all the time. And they lie about things large and small. And so if I live there, I wouldn't believe a word I was hearing. And I think the Republicans in Congress, I know they're looking at uh, doing some investigations on this. They need to get on it because I have a feeling there's things we don't know about this that we need to know. You can't believe a word. You can't trust these guys because they forfeited their credibility. They lie all the time, whether it's about COVID or even about small policy stuff. They just don't tell the truth a lot. So when something bad happens and you forfeited your credibility, you shouldn't be surprised when people uh, don't really believe what you're selling. Boy, did you hear even last week Colbert, and I think there was somebody else that kind of broke bad on Mayor Pete. That was historic. I couldn't believe it. They actually challenged the, uh, you know, the transportation secretary. Poor Mayor Pete. Other than my orcas, who really should be impeached over at Homeland Security, I can't think of a worse cabinet secretary right now. He's had one of the roughest rides of any cabinet secretary in modern history. I mean, his principal qualification for this was that he said he liked Thomas the Tank Engine as a child. So I don't, I'm not quite certain why they thought this was going to work out, but here we are. Every mode of transportation has gone haywire on the Oh, my. I'm going to have to tune in tonight, 10 Central, see how the rest of the panel responds to things that are really not debatable, everything that you just sort of ticked off. How long are you down there in Jupiter? You stay in the week? Yeah, I'm going to stay the week and uh, catch a few more baseball games and try to try to keep this sunburn I got today from getting any worse. Wear a jersey tonight on on the television. Don't wear a tie. Come on, are you going to be in the RV? Is that are you doing it from the RV tonight? No, they're sticking me in a studio tonight, so it'll I'll, I'll be look like an official commentator tonight. All right, Jennings, have fun down there. I'm jealous. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ryan. All right, we'll see you. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Well, candidly, I'm ready to get the hell out of here today because it's felt like a Monday. Sometimes things feel like a Monday. Sometimes they don't. This is one that felt like a Monday. Maybe because we didn't have a Monday for a couple of weeks because we were off last weekend. That might be it. Oh, my goodness. I do have audio cut of the day coming up. Fred is going to be back tomorrow. Abby's done a great job holding down the fort. The thing is, is that when Fred's here, Abby's also here. So Abby is basically taking (laughs) over the duties of two different people. Yes. Gary's out there trying to help out right now, but it is a bit of a conundrum, if you yes, will, it is. when regular members of the show, like I didn't, I was crabby when you were out too, Sue. So yeah, every, we're crabby when you're gone, yeah, so every, it's all fair. Everyone is important, there's no doubt. And I should mention again, we have our Fish Fry Friday starting this Friday. We're doing the show live, including the roundtable and Whoa. a live Price is Wrong with George Gray at St. Stephen's in um, the Holly Hills area. See, Butts is going to be on the panel. He was uh, on the show a couple hours ago because he actually took the time and went to the arraignment for Daniel Riley, who is the 21-year-old who crashed into uh, Janae Edmondson and took her legs off, unfortunately. So Steve will be there, and I think the rest of the panel is set as well. I have to do audio cut of the day. Let me kind of set it up here a little bit because that might be necessary. Stand by. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. 
Uh, it's sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store, where it's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. And I'm going to give you the news part of this before the uh, comedy and the satire part of this story. So this is a story from the New York Post, and we're hearing more and more of this sort of relates to what's happening here in St. Louis because our Wash U story is referenced. A psychiatrist who has presided over youth gender transition treatments for more than a decade says four out of five gender-questioning children eventually accept their bodies if no medical interventions are carried out. Yeah, this is Finland's leading expert on pediatric gender medicine, and she makes the claim in a newspaper, it's a liberal newspaper, basically says, there's 12 studies that support my claim. So did you hear that correctly? Four out of five kids that think they're trans are not trans. They're going to grow out of it, right? And they mentioned in the New York Post story that these comments came after this whistleblower story here in St. Louis. Now, I love South Park. They're never afraid to wade into these issues, right? Never. Here we go. You know, Cartman is, um, he's trans. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. Well, you're going to learn. What the hell do you think you're doing? I'm going to the potty. This is the girls' bathroom. All right. I need to tell you something, Wendy. I'm transgender. What? Did you notice the bow? I'm not comfortable with the sex I was assigned at birth, so I'm exercising my right to identify with the gender of my choice. Now get out of my way after take. Get out of here! Oh, wow. This is nice in here. The girls' bathroom's a lot cleaner than the boys. What the hell is that? Cartman is using our bathroom. Dude, this is awesome. I should have used the girls' bathroom a long time ago. Hey, I'm going to tell on you. It's okay, Red. I can take a I'm a dumb chick, too. You know, Cartman actually did uh, give me an idea here because... Really? The, well, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that the women's restrooms are a lot cleaner than the men's. You know, he did for mention sure. that. But the teachers got involved here. I want to know just what makes you think it's okay to go inside the girls' bathroom. Because I'm transgender. I looked it up. That means I can use the girls' you are not transgender eric you don't even know what that means yeah huh? it means i live a life of torture and confusion because society sees me as a boy but i'm really a girl all right well if you identify yourself as a girl you must find yourself attracted to boys is that right that's actually not true i can be transgender without it having anything to do with the gender i'm attracted to check the state bylaws all right listen eric erica listen <laughs> eric you must know why we can't have you in the girls bathroom all i know is i'm transgender and you can't make me go to the bathroom with the cisgenders with the what oh i love this Cisgender. it's the politically correct name for people who aren't transgender if you identify with the sex you were born with then you're cis but then cisgender is just normal saying normal is extremely offensive to people who aren't in that group Trust me, you don't want this hot potato. Just let him use the girls' room. But this isn't a hurting, confused child we're talking about. This is Eric Cartman. Nobody else is going to know that. You better just give him what he wants. So Eric Cartman just has us in some kind of bathroom checkmate? Actually, it's more like a royal flush. You know, the best satire is, um, I think, often done with humor. And the gang at uh, South Park nailed it. They've waded into this particular area before, and they don't get canceled. They seemingly are the only ones. Everyone else has attempted to be canceled. Have a great Monday evening. We'll talk tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.